Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beertastic Voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beertastic Voyage. My name is Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today, we are going to try Harborhead Brewing Company. They are a new brewery out of New Northport, New York, and they just completed their grand opening this past weekend, and Justin was nice enough to go and grab a couple beverages from them. Justin, which beverages did you grab from them? So I got their Beach Blonde, their Kolsch, I think it's their Dockyard Kolsch, and their El Jefe Hefeweizen. El Jefe. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good name for it. So we're going to, um, as I mentioned, they just opened. Uh, their grand opening, I believe, was the 3rd or the 4th, whatever. 3rd. Yes, the 3rd of June. So congratulations to them for being out in, in the public eye now. And... Justin, you got a chance to take a trip up there. So what's the location like? It's in the uh, uh, Britannia Yachting Center in Northport. Rule Britannia. Britannia <laughs> rules the waves. Sorry. That's okay. It's um, it's right next to the owner of the brewery's restaurant, Whale Tales. Okay. So it's kind of like, a, it's not next to it. It's adjacent. It's uh, in the where the old uh, Are they in the same parking lot? Be there. Yeah. Then that's close enough. Yeah, it's right there. Um, I'm pulling up a little bit of the... Uh, um, the backstory. The backstory here. They, uh, like, as Kevin mentioned, they had their grand opening on June third, and the uh, interesting part about the tasting room is that it's not um, a standard tasting room. You can go in there, get a, a couple samples of the beer, and you can purchase the growlers, uh, okay. crowlers, and cans. All. Uh, oh my. <laughs> oh my. All growlers, set up and, and cans. done <laughs> individually, one by one, on the same machine by my buddy Dave that I met there. So wait, they. Change the crowler like set like over to a can yes. set and yes they take out a micro literally take out a micrometer and reset that thing. There's like zero efficiency in that. Well, the crowler. <laughs> the good news is like uh, Brewport. The crowl. The crowlers are pre. They're all pre done. So there's okay. no as of this point there's no on demand crowlers or, or cans obviously. Okay. But they do have uh, growlers available. That's a different story. That makes more sense. Yes, but I uh, I still like the image of Dave sitting there and doing these individually. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> In my mind, he's getting paid like three cents a can or something. I was telling him over there, but it, uh, it, I'm so certain that's not the case. He just has a little chalkboard where he just makes ticks marks. <laughs> it's actually two cents. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, it was started by uh, Sash Andriano, who I mentioned also owns the uh, neighboring whale tail, whale's tail. I'm going to throw my phone on the floor again. There it goes. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, the person who does the marketing for both the restaurant and the brewery is Michael Versandi. And their brewer is Rich Ruggiero, who's a Northport native. Rich Ruggiero. Yes. All right. And he's uh, a part of the was a part of the Maine brewer, uh, brewery scene for, for a while. So he's like the state of Maine. Yes. Okay. He's okay. an accomplished brewer. Okay. The um, as I mentioned, the tap room doesn't do any pours, but you can go across right across the way to Whale's Tail, and there you can get full pours of any of their beers on, that are on tap, as okay. well as get some tasty food. Um, and that, that's the plan for the 2017 season. No pours in, in the place. Yeah, just trying might, to get yeah. the ball rolling. Yeah, it might change. I don't know if there are plans to change it, but they do mention that that's the plan for this season. Okay. Very cool. Um, and you brought us a um, selection of rather light beers today. Yes, uh, it makes sense because you're right on the water there, literally right in the harbor, okay. right in Northport Harbor, and um, it would be odd, I think. <laughs> Be drinking heavy beers. Well, yeah, to be drinking a heavy beer there. I like heavy beer, so I would do it. But I think that makes the most sense for the clientele as well as the location to have some lighter beers. That being said, I'm not always looking for lighter beers, but each one of these has their own flavor. There's a, a, a big flavored 
lighter colored beers. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not just you're not just getting um, you know your standard fare. The the one we'll start off with, which was the most surprising one to me, um, was the Dockyard Kolsch. Obviously, it's a Kolsch. It's four point eight ABV and uh, twenty four IBU. All right. Well, we poured it out, and it's got a you know it's a gold color. It's fairly light. Um, you know, it's got almost a little bit of like unfiltered kind of haze to it, but that may just be the glass I'm in. I'm looking at Mark and Justin's glass. So clear, clear glass. Mine has some decorations on it. So no, I mean I would agree with that assessment, Kevin. But that might just be from you know uh, lack of filtering or other finding methods. Yeah. So there's an aroma that's light. If anything's there, it's um, you know, but the taste is what gets you. It's kind of it's got that biscuity flavor. Yeah, I don't want to say a smoke. A little bit. No, I wouldn't say smoke. I, I think it's it really tastes like if you had. A, to me, it's really like a dry biscuit before you know before you dip it in gravy. Is that? Yeah, that makes sense. There's also uh, I know thirty IBUs isn't a heck of a lot, but it's very assertive in the. This base beer, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't get um, a whole bunch of bitterness, and what I do get doesn't stay around. The uh, interesting thing to me was when I had it yesterday, I definitely got a little bit more of that bite in the back. So I think you know maybe having it uh, colder, who's been out of the fridge for an hour or so, um, might you might bring that up though. It might not uh, be as, as smooth as it is right now. Yeah, the, there doesn't really seem to be a lot of bittering agent present in this i couldn't tell you what they threw in there or anything like that it's not really discernible to me um but it doesn't have a when i think of kolsch i think of lighter and crisper and this doesn't really come off like that to me i, I see i like that change because right i, I want I, mean, I prefer to not be quote unquote as lighter I and mean, obviously it's a light beer but i yeah. uh, i enjoy the flavor of it and um, I also enjoy the uh, um, the, be a bit, the drinkability of it. I mean, you can just keep drinking it. The, the light flavor that's there is just enough to, to make me want to come back for more. Oh, I'm gonna second you on that. You make it a little you make it a little colder and sit out sitting out on the dock, and we can pound these all day. That'd be a good beer. Mark, what are you thinking on this? I'm gonna disagree with you guys and uh, cap myself at a pint. Um, it's not anything bad it's just not something i want to drink a lot of okay yeah i mean i think for me it's going to go with a bomber on this one it's a light beer that has a little bit more flavor to it still not really 100 percent sure if it's what a cult should taste like but it is a tasty beer and whatever it is yeah i haven't had a lot of cultures so i can't quite speak to the uh you know how, how congruent it is to other cultures i like it a bunch i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna set it as a growler Okay. Um, which I'm surprised at. I try not to. Uh, I, I stay away from light beers because I want. I like big giant flavors because I'm a big giant fat guy. And uh, You're not tiny. <laughs> and it doesn't. Uh, this one was a, a nice surprise for me. It was also interesting um, to hear Mark's comments on it because I know Kolsch is one of your more favorite beers, right? I mean, you really enjoy Kolsch. Yeah, I do like Kolsch, yeah. and I've made a, a few of them at home, and I'm planning on brewing it again soon because i have a baby on the way oh, that's right that was the high baby yes that was a good one I it is time that for more the... peach habanero gulch that was, gonna say. Peach <laughs> habanero. that was really tasty 
Um, the next one we're going to have here that uh, Kevin's pouring out is was my favorite of the day. It's their uh, Beach Blonde. Actually, you know what? Before we get to this one, let me read the flavor text for the Dockyard Culture. It was the only one I could get flavor text from the website. Okay. Uh, and there was a lot of it. It was very interesting. We've had our craft, crafted our, uh, our recreation of this Kulsh style, which is almost straw-like in color and actually has lager-like qualities. Kulsh is an ale that tastes like a lager. If you handed a Kulsh to an unaware beer drinker, it is a very com common to mistake the beer as a lager. The beer is a very soft mouthfeel, exclu uh, exclusively slightly sweet, but has a subtle malty aroma and finishes very dry. The light hop aroma and hop flavor is notable from the use of the German noble hops during the brewing process. Creates a very drinkable beer, especially during the hot summer months, and is very similar to their uh, American Blonde Ale, which is what we're about to have now, um, and, but finishes much cleaner and crisper. We'll see about that. I mean, Kevin just poured me out some of the Blonde Ale, and it is, the clarity on this is a lot better than the Kolsch we just had. Oh, yeah. This I is, agree. Like, you know, this is beery looking. Like, <laughs> yes. When you look at it, you go, yes, beer. Yeah, it, it looks like a... Um... Like a, a a beauty shot from a from a big beer company, you know, commercial. Yes. Yeah. This is very similar in stats. Um, this is four point six and twenty two IBUs. Yeah. So it um it's I mean almost identical in stats, but I think it has a very distinctive flavor. No, the flavor definitely is different from the Kolsch, and I actually like the taste of this more than the Kolsch. I mean too. No, see that surprises me that you went this way on it because I'm kind of getting a little bit of like tartness a little lemon kind of taste in the back and usually you're not huge on the citrus no uh but see the thing and i don't know if it was the the hot varieties used but there was something in the finish on the kolsch uh and i think it was from the hops that uh just kind of put me off of it a little bit that i don't get in the blonde here which is why i right. like the taste more okay i'm I'm liking this. It, that I like I mentioned, I kind of get a little bit of a citrusiness. I think it's a, you know, it's probably from whatever hop they used on it. Not necessarily. I don't think there's any citrus actually in this beer. I wouldn't think so. Um, but yeah, blonde. This is summertime blonde beer. It's tasty. Yeah, I really, I really like this a lot. I, I, I knew when I took a sniff of it at the at the tasting room when I got that little bit of a sweet smell mm -hmm. that I was going to like it, and yeah. it, it, it that sweet smell follows through with a you know what I think is a, a sweeter version of uh, not sweeter version but a, a sweeter complement to the um, uh, the culture. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it reminds me of the beach beer that we had from Port Jeff. The yes. one that I I particularly enjoyed that one too. And I remember being surprised by it. And this time I was kind of looking at it and going, okay, let's see. Was that the was the Port Jeff one the standout or is this a variety that I might actually, you know, want to keep my eye on? And I'm going to say this is two for two as far as enjoying that variety. So let's see if I, uh, you got to find more now. Drink more beer. You brewed a blonde, right, Mark? Yeah, I did. That was the one that you cracked, you found a bottle and cracked open after a year and it was still really good? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, I don't, I, I'm not so super familiar with blonde ales, like as far as ingredients in a blonde ale, what is, what is it? I mean, it's really not much different than your pale lager. It's just that, uh, being it's fermented with an ale yeast that produces more, uh, esters and phenols than your lager yeast does and the hop varieties used it's just got more flavor in it than an american lager so yeah so the fermentation kind of kind of is 
the gives it the character as well as the, the hop finish. Yeah, I would say it's mostly uh, a different yeast, and basically, your Bondale is like your gateway for a lot of these smaller breweries, brew pubs for those people that have, all they've ever had to drink is uh, you know Miller Light, Coors Light, Bud Light, all their lives. Yeah, I mean, so far between these two, I think that they're both beers, you know, or both gateway beers. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd both also be, you know, good. You know, they, they're hitting their mark with that summertime, with that summertime waterfront vibe that they're going for of, you know, if you show up with these to a barbecue and no matter who's drinking them, I think they're going to be okay with it. Yeah. And whether or not they drink craft beer or not, you... If you had, if they, if you went and brought a six pack of these, they'd say, "Oh, okay, yeah, I like that one. Let's drink these." I see. Going back to it though, Kevin, I see the citrus notes that you're talking about, and yeah. I mean those aren't offensive to me uh, so much as like the Sam's Port Tracker, where it's just so, yeah, uh, where it's actually like lemonade in there. Yeah, yeah, that I don't like. And speaking of Sam Adams, I picked up the Summer Variety Pack. Okay, for the What's barbecue in there this I year? had yesterday. There's a a Blender Vice. Okay. There's Ooh, a, really? Yeah. Wow. There's Summer Ale, and uh, there I forget what they call it, but there's a a beer with a yuzu in it. Okay. Which is really nice. Um, so apparently I really like yuzu fruit, wow. even though okay. it's citrus, because I really like the uh, Brava Slippa from uh, Lanakai that I brought back from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Sorry, that was good. <laughs> Yeah, it has to be said properly. I understand. Um, yeah, that's. I'd be interested to try some of those. The I remember that the rubber slipper, and it was good, and we were definitely um, completely different than the other things that we tried. For me, for this one, I think I'm gonna go stick with the bomber again. Um, you know, or you know, you could bounce back and forth between these two, or honestly, not tell me which ones you were handing me and. I'd just be drinking these two. It'd be okay. Yes, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm also gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go growler on this one also. I uh, this was. I really enjoyed this one a lot, which is like I said, a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get rating yet, Mark? No, okay. I'm. I'm gonna go with Kevin on this one. Call it a bomber as well. Um, I definitely enjoyed it more than the uh, the Kolsch, but I still not. It still lacks that something special that's gonna want me. To get the growler of it to keep going. Yeah, they um they they had um some interesting stuff coming up that I can talk about later. But um I think that this is a really good introduction for them in certain terms of, of brewing stuff, figuring out what they're going to be selling. Yeah. And then I based upon some conversations I had with uh, um my buddy Dave behind the counter, I think they're going to be coming out with a lot more stuff that has a little more oomph to it and yeah. um you know things like that. It's uh in but other I, words six IPAs. No, no. There were three IPAs on top that we'll discuss again after we have this uh, have this Hefeweizen and that I brought back called El Hefe. But um, I, I uh, the IPAs were interesting. Okay. Um. So what do you have? Do you have any info on the Hefe? I do. Um, there's That's no... what El means, by the way. It means the. Yes. So thank El you. El Hefe is Spanish for the Hefe. <laughs> <laughs> so they list the styles of Hefeweizen. It's a uh, 8.6 ABV and 60 IBU. So we step up in, in both. Uh, both statistical categories here. Uh, I was um, surprised when someone when that was told it was a half bison, and then I saw the IBU count, and then I tasted it, and you know we'll see what everybody else thinks. But I, I think in a conversation I had earlier with Mark, we uh, 
kind of nailed nailed the uh, distinction. Yeah, I hadn't actually smelled it before then, though, Justin. And smelling this, this is definitely a hefe. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely more on the bubblegum spectrum of that particular yeast strain expression than the clove. But, I mean, it, it's definitely a hefe from the aroma. Yeah, that's... that's and it the, is also rather cloudy. Well, the, yeah, the bubblegum is the word that I couldn't pull out. But, yeah, it's kind of like the faint um, scent of, you know... Hops trading cards, bubblegum. I was going to say Bazooka <laughs> Joe, but yeah. Yeah, same difference. It's the same stuff, just different shape. Yeah, I um, the the cloudiness and stuff. Obviously, it was all that's old style. It was to me, it was the, the bitterness that I got from it that I haven't quite had in in other Hefeweizens. Yeah, I agree with you. I just took a sip of this, and I feel like it's way too bitter. Yeah, um, not to just fall into line and agree with you guys, but um. I think this is one of those hefes that could deal with a fruiting. Yeah, you a know. fruiting would certainly help it. Um, you know, you get the other ones, you know, that it's pretty frequent that you see them with, you know, they'll throw a piece of citrus in there, you know, they'll throw an orange an orange uh, wheel in there or something. I think if you did that to this, it would balance it out a little bit more and create a nice a nice drinking beer. Yeah, I think it needs a little bit more sweetness. And I think when you mentioned uh, like an American wheat beer... I think, you know, at least from what, from my uh, experience, when everyone throws American in front, I assume there's going to be a little bit more bitterness. Right. So I think that would, um, again, most people wouldn't know that anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. It just would have set me up more for what I was about to about to drink, like mentally. Like we always say, if I'm thinking I'm getting one thing and you give me another, it could be great. Right. And I'm not quite set up to, to drink that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the uh, I like that. I like the, it, it does have a citrus-like quality without the fruiting. Yeah. But the fruiting would give it the sweetness that would balance everything out. I think so. Still not still not a bad beer, but um, I was expecting something else when I was drinking it. I get almost like a mintiness in it, which... On the finish? Like, look, yeah. like, a, like a little after you swallow it yeah. as you wait? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and... No, yeah, but it's, it's, but it's not for me. But it's minty like when you accidentally drink orange juice after brushing your teeth minty. I wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah, yeah, you don't use mint toothpaste. No, and I no, don't drink orange drink juice. Orange juice. Yeah. So this is Mark's gonna forget I said that Justin, you've experienced this horror that I'm yes, talking about. Yes, I have. Most other human beings have also. You you guys understand my pain. I'm sorry. All right. Mark's a weirdo. Yeah. But um, I'm just gonna go with a pint on this one. Um, like I said, this might I think it will deal well with a with a piece of fruit in there. But other than that. It might be interesting just to just to squeeze an orange into it. I might do that later. Yeah, Mark, you have any oranges? I don't think so. No, nope. no, I don't. <laughs> I do. Only, I, he's only got weird citrus like Uzu. I get, I, I get like bitter orange peel, and I get mint in this beer. Neither are things that I particularly care for. That makes sense. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go bomber on it. I do. I, I enjoy the I enjoy having the uh, the little bit of a little bit of bitterness. I don't know what what's wrong with me today that I uh, all of a sudden all these light beers and I got something that's bitter that I like. But yeah. I, I enjoy the beer. I think I would break it up break up my two drinks out of the bomber with either the Kolsch or the uh, the blonde. I don't think I could do two in a row. But I, uh, I enjoy it. I think it's yeah. interesting. And also, um, it this and we'll talk about their overall their overall menu at this point. It, it rounded out their menu nicely. I mean, I'm, for me, this is a taste thing. I can't even finish what I poured myself here. Okay. Yeah. For the reasons that I gave, it's just not my thing. 
to to me, uh, just kind of thinking um, of the three beers in general, just kind of what they're putting out. I think they're definitely related. You know, I, I feel like they didn't really sh stray very far in from a, maybe a base recipe that they had. Um, but these kind of, they kind of muddle together a little bit. I wish there was a little more drastic variation and maybe some of the other things that are on the menu might kind of provide that. But if I went there and these were the three things that they had on tap, I'd kind of feel a little, feel a little shortchanged. Like you're doing one, you're doing just one thing and they're kind of too close together. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I brought the, this selection I brought back was part of the six beers that they had on tap. Okay. The other three were IPAs and to be, to be honest with you, I, I didn't, I tasted these and then decided to get them. And right. then we, as they were filling, um, I tasted the, the the IPAs. Right. And I actually wish I could have uh, dumped one out and gotten the Amber IPA. Okay. Because that offered something very different. Okay. It was a, a malty kind of IPA. Right. I mean, as much as an IPA can be. Yeah. And it brought the um, the hop note, the hop finish on IPA to the point, just to the point where I was like, that's good. Okay. And it was seemed like a really restrained, really good um, IPA. The Session IPA was also very good. Um, yeah. I was trying to, I, I wish I knew what uh, hops were in them because the Session IPA was a little harsher. I feel like it might okay. have had, might have had Simcoe in it, but I, I just don't know. Yeah. Which is obviously not one of our favorites. And then the, um, I forget what the other IPA was, but that one was a, your classic IPA. Okay. I think for them in their location, this is a, the, the beers that they did. I would have, this is, these are the beers that I would have opened with if I were, like, from a, from yeah. a business perspective. Coming up, they're going to be having, they're going to be doing a Margarita Goza. Which that I'm pumped cool. for. That sounds cool. They said it tasted really good. Um, I'm pretty sure all they're doing there is replacing the uh, coriander with, uh, or at least some of the coriander with lime. You put the lime in the in the coconut. Goza. Shake it all around. Yeah. You put the lime in the coke. That too. Yeah. Lime's good in everything. Yeah, we've, we've proven that. <laughs> Especially <laughs> skunk beer. Well, right. Yes. Beer. Yes. Um, but it the. Uh, I think that the, this is a pretty pretty good start, and uh, I'm looking forward to going back and seeing what other what other things they do. I forget exactly what um, I was told, but there were several other recipes they were talking about in particular for um, potentially getting a dark beer on tap, um, so that you know, anybody who's into the darker stuff will have an option. Right. Things like that. One thing I can tell you is, man, their grand opening sold a lot of beer. <laughs> People were receiving it very well. They had they had a filled um, four door um, um, freezer okay. or refrigerator that was basically empty. They had pre pre done uh, pre done crawlers, four packs and six packs of cans, and then you could purchase sixty four ounce crawlers there. Um, I did remember the glass for the record. Nice, cool. Um, Get a little golf clap from Mark. Yep. My heart fills up. There you go. There's a little golf clap going on. It's, it seems pretty interesting to me, and I would like to try some of those IPAs to see if it rounds out the the board as much. But, you know, it's, I'm, I think it's a really good first showing. Yes. And I'm interested to see what else they do. Um, I hope as the weather, once they get through the summertime, I mean, I'm, I know that that neck of the woods slows down a lot. It's a seasonal town. Once the water is not really accessible anymore, they're going to slow down to probably next to nothing um, until Christmas time when suddenly people want to go back out to the water for some reason. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's a cute little town. We want to go there in the middle of winter. But hopefully by then, they'll maybe they'll make something a little darker, maybe 
a winter gut beer, winter warmer kind of beer, I think would be a, a big swing in the change of flavors, but might be interesting either, either way. Yeah, he did actually talk to me. Dave talked to me a little bit about um, you know they're they're looking forward to doing um, pumpkin style in particular for Mark. Right. I told him that they have to rim the glass just for Mark. That's right. Um, if there's any, I told him I would sponsor a glass rimming event. <laughs> Mark would cut the come cut the little glass rim. There you go. I like it. <laughs> and, then, and then cut the glass rim and then try to stab you with it. And that's the cool thing. There's a lot of fest, a lot of like festivals and stuff up in that area right. around the fall time. So I think they'll definitely capitalize on that. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that anything we had was, uh, was you know, um, improperly done, so to speak. Everything everything was done very yeah. well. Beer was very, very good. And uh, you know, hopefully uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to go down and see my buddy Dave again. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, it makes – because Northport is not exactly uh, easily accessible to me from where I work or where I live. So having two breweries up in that neck of the woods – uh, makes it a little bit easier for me to justify driving up that way. Right. That makes sense. And if I do it on a Saturday, I can stop by and see Paul at the farmer's market and get some blind bat beer while I'm at it. That's true. We should, we should definitely do that. And and also, having the uh, whale's tail right there will hopefully um, keep the, the tasting room business going all year because I know right. that, that place is, is packed all the time. And uh, if you're into the home brewing, on the way up to Northport, there's always Carp's Hardware where right. you can get all your... Homebrew supplies and now guns and ammo too. Yeah. Ooh. Survivalist so. to the, the I've decided that that's gonna be my zombie apocalypse store. Like I, what 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 building would you lock yourself in? I'm going there. They got the guns and ammo, they got the brewing supplies and the hardware, everything else hardware that you need to do everything else. Can I buy MREs? Huh? Can I, I buy MREs there? Probably. <laughs> meals probably. Re, meals ready to eat? <laughs> they probably do have some up in the attic. Oh my god. I think Charlton Heston's probably living around the corner. <laughs> the Omega Man. Oh, now that we know that the end is near, I think it's time to end this one, too. Yes. <laughs> well, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow. Or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.